0: Well, excellent. Good morning, Homestead Church. Yes, Um, uh, I'm Pastor Jeff. I'm also known as the Colonel, as Megan said. Uh, My wife, Megan. um, We're the executive pastors here um, at at Homestead. Um, So, if I haven't met you before, um, I would actually love to meet you, and maybe that'll make a little bit more sense. after my message today, uh, but just a little recap of what we've been talking about for for the last summer. We're in our spiritual gifts um, series. We've been talking about uh, how God has given us all gifts when we become a Christian. When we've given turned our life over to God, um, He's given us our our gifts. Um, and Pastor Christy talked about this last week. That she said, you know, we're all we're all. Called to operate in all the gifts, all the different areas, but some of us are, some of you are, are have an extra thing, extra measure given to you to help you do that, the, you know, do it a little bit more. But we're all called to work in all the gifts areas, and if you haven't figured it out yet, um, what I'm doing right now is not my spiritual gift. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So here's me. So I'll be the example. I'm stepping out in one of my not not spiritual gifts, just to kind of work in all that baseline level. Um, So you know, whoever's going to come up and speak next, you're more than welcome. No. Um, So. But Paul, we've been talking about what Paul says about our spiritual gifts, that these gifts are meant for the church. They, they're meant for the big church, to edify the church, not the individual, um, and to help the church grow and to encourage others uh, along the way and to honor God and his kingdom. And one of the principles that Paul um, talked about was, you probably have heard of it or know about it, we've talked about the, the one body of Christ principle, or the one body. We're, we're all different parts, right? We have the, the eyes and the ears, the, the feet, but we're all part of one body. And it's the same thing with our spiritual gifts, right? We're not, we don't all have the same gift, but when we come together and use all of our gifts, individual gifts, we come together in that one spirit um, as one body, um, and so through this summer, uh, I think Pastor Christie also mentioned last week, go back on our face page and um, you can look at your, you know, look at the different services and uh, see what gift may be speaking to you. Um, and so when you identify that gift, when you think about what that gift is, it's, it's knowing that you have the gift, but it's also executed. You ha- actually have to use the gift that God's given you. So um, we grow when we all use our use our gift, um, so nobody ever gets a good gift and puts it on your you know puts it on the shelf and doesn't doesn't use it. I, I suppose if you're a fisherman or a hunter or someone like that, I would challenge you to not use your great fishing pole that you like and just put that on the shelf and say, "Honey, I don't I'm not going to go fishing today." Um, some people might like that. Uh, so I want to start out with a little story. So I, most of you know I, I served in the military. One of the the organization that I served in was a, a helicopter battalion. Um, and, our, and our efforts, our main effort was the helicopters. We just moved people um, across the battlefield. We moved supplies and things like that. And, but we had a whole big thing of support, uh, support behind us. And it's just like what Paul was talking about, the body of Christ. Everybody has a different different place in the military. Everybody had a different job to do, but we were, but we were all focusing on that main effort. And a lot of times those, that, those helicopters were doing their thing at night. And so if you worked during the day, you never got to see the fruit of whatever you were doing to support that mission. And um, you'd think that's not big of a deal, but as a leader, that was a very challenging thing that we needed to, to talk to some of our soldiers about. Um, because you'd be surprised, even though the military, you think it's this, this one big, great, oiled machine, it, it kind of isn't sometimes. But the people in it don't always recognize, they can't connect the dots that the job that they're doing is impacting the main effort, what was going on. So one morning, <coughs> one, one, one morning day or whatever, I was, uh, I was just out and about, and I was, we we're getting ready. There was a big uh, mission going on that evening, and I started walking, and I, and I saw some soldiers carrying boxes, boxes of, of to-go boxes or some food. Um, and so, you know, I'm also called Captain Obvious because um, I, I walked up to him and I said, what you doing? And they're like, well, we're bringing the food. We're on food duty today. So um, our job is just to kind of go get the food for the day for, for everybody. It's like, oh, you're, you're supporting the air assault tonight. And they're like, no, we're not going on that. That's not, we're not part of that. We're just, we're just today, we're the food guy. And I said, well, you do realize that if the, if the people that are on the mission aren't fed and they can't do their thing, they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to do that mission. They're like, well, yeah, I guess. Then I moved on along. And I want, went up to helicopters. A lot of times I like to pray for each one of the helicopters. And I saw some soldier with their communication widget, whatever whatever they did. whatever. The, I don't know what they do with it. But they were loading some stuff in the helicopter. <clears throat> and I said, oh, again, what you doing? And they said... Well, I'm just I'm just loading our codes into the helicopters, and I said, Oh, you're supporting the air assault for tonight. Are these are the, are these the helicopters for our mission tonight? Yeah, I said, Oh, you're supporting it. And he's they're like, Well, no, I'm just doing my daily task of loading the codes in. I said, Well, you do realize that if you don't put those codes in correctly and you don't put our stuff in, the helicopters aren't going to be able to talk to each other, and and kind of more importantly, the the good guys aren't going to know that our helicopters are also good guys, and they won't shoot us down as well. And they're like, "Well, I guess." And uh, so that was a challenge. I had to, you had to actually connect the dots, connect the dots for people to understand that what the gift, the talent that they had, was part of that main, of that main effort. And so today, I'm going to talk about the gifts, spiritual gifts of service and hospitality, and. Um, in regards to that, this is, this is the serving types. There's a couple serving types, and Christy put a list up last week. Um, we have service, we have hospitality, and a couple others that are in there would be considered giving. Um, helps, the gift of helps, and the gift of mercy would all be kind of serving type of gifts. But my goal this morning, um, as, we, as we talk, is to, is to help us, just like the military story, I want to help us connect the dots to see about what kind of gifts that we're using you know, are you? Is there something that that you're doing right now that you you really you may not realize that you're actually doing a, having a spiritual gift, um, and it's also to connect the dots that, that that gift that you're doing is helping the church grow and it's encouraging others. Because it's been my experience, I've even talked to people here in the church. It's just it's just been my experience that um, not everybody would look at the gift that they're giving or the thing that they're doing. Um, is, is a gift. People will work inside their gifts and talents, or doing their things, um, but they would never put a label on it. They would never label what they're doing as a God-given gift and a God-given resourced um, and and resource or gift. They just wouldn't do it. They would say, maybe they would say, "Well, that's just who I am. That's how I'm wired." Um, and I would say, <clears throat> give you a, a little hot tip: if you're just new to this Christian and the spirit-filled life thing. Yeah, um, God made you, and yeah, so yeah, you're right. He, he is, he, that is how you are wired, and that is who you are, because he made, he made you. So we're going to start off with, we've read this, this verse, this uh, chapter in, in Romans, Romans 12, um, throughout the summer, and I'm just going to um, read it again, chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. So we have, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is to serve, serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so the word that we're going to talk about, obviously, is is serving. And so that serving, um, serve and serving is a Greek word called diaconia. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm going to pronounce it today. Um, I'm not Greek. Uh, so throughout the New Testament, this word is also used it's simultaneously with the word missions. So missions and service. So depending on what, you know, uh, Bible version you have, you might be reading a passage and it would say, you know, do supporting the ministry or supporting or serving. Uh, and so that definition, it's basically it's an undone task in God's kingdom and God's work however small, and you're using the resources uh, to get the job done. Another word, it's service, it's ministry, it's executing the commands of others. Uh, this is where we get the word uh, deacon um, in, our, in our church. It's distributing charities. Um, you know, we do diaper drives, we've, we've done backpacks, we've done gift cards. Someone, we give that, but someone has to distribute it. That's diakonia. It also represents a picture of a waiter or a waitress, somebody who's waiting, someone who's serving somebody, uh, all their need, meeting their needs um, and just doing the things and the desires of their client. But the importance of this is the main goal of a servant is to make sure the person that you're serving, the person that you're working with, is feeling like they're noble, they're a nobility. So that's that word. That's what diaconia is is kind of uh, is generating. And you said it in Matthew 20:28. 20, that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. And so Christ, as we know, throughout His ministry um, was servant. He tri- He was a servant to others, and He instilled that servant um, that servant philosophy inside His disciples. So, Diakonia. So this. So I to look at this morning. I want to look at three passages. That are going to kind of um, give that give that definition of diakonia, kind of show you some examples uh, of how that's going to work. And we're going to first start in the book of Acts. So this is book of Acts chapter six. This is about to put this in a timeline of perspective. This is this is the early church. It just started. Um, they probably it's about two to three years after uh, Christ's death and resurrection. So from that time period, uh, the church is just kind of getting started. And so chapter six verse one. Through four. Uh, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will in turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to the prayer and the ministry of the word. And so the word in this, the word in this message, in this passage of distribution of food, that's the word diaconia okay? That's the that word. We talked about some of the definitions. It's just reading charities. It's it's providing, it's waiting on tables. Um, distribution here in this passage is diakonia. But when I read that first, when I read that, and I, you know, I've read that in the past, I've read that passage, I first thought, man, we're the were the disciples kind of arrogant or were they just kind of putting themselves above you know hey we're too good to be handing out food we got to be doing this other thing and i said to myself and, and then you read it though but if you read it in the context of spiritual gifts what was going on is the, is the apostles were working inside their gifts their gifts were preaching the word and they as a church was growing they're reaching the cap they're kind of reaching the cap of what they could do they had to turn their they had to turn this problem off to another person or another group of people that had a different gift, um, and so you know, I see this as an example in the early church of what Paul was talking about um, later on and later on in his ministry about the again the one body of Christ, but we all have different gifts. This is at the beginning, and this is you know how I'm reading it is at this point. The disciples were just trying to figure out what the spiritual gifts were, and they were working on theirs, and now they're deciding someone else has to do these other things. And so that's my first point in regards to the diakonia. It's identifying an undone task. Um, The church was increasing, and the issue of the day was the widows weren't being fed. Um, And so that started, again, to hinder the, the apostles' primary mission, their primary effort, which was to preach the word. And then, so how do they get this? How did they get this done? It says it says earlier up in that chapter. It says that they, they appointed seven pe- pick seven people that were full of the spirit. So they just didn't randomly pick anybody. They didn't say, Hey, we're going to do preaching, and we got this other problem over here. So I don't care. Just pick some people to go do the things. No, they picked people that were full of the spirit, full of wisdom, um, and were good character. They picked people that were gifted in this in this area. And so if you read on, so what was the outcome of that when they, when they picked people that were working in their spirit? The outcome, if we read on in chapter, in, in verse 5 through 7, it says, This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Pharmaus, and Nicholas from Antioch. A convert of Judah. Man, those names. I mean, if you were a kid going to school in that day. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry, digress. Okay, so they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And here's, here's, the outcome of, here's the outcome I want to take a look at. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So the result, when we're using our gifts... God's kingdom is growing. God's church is growing. Because of these seven men, these seven people were executing their gifts, and not that the apostles weren't trying to do it, the church um, grew. And I want to highlight Stephen. Um, He was called out. um, He was called, he was one of the sevens. He was the first one listed on there. If you you know a little bit about Stephen, uh, this is about two years after this after this happened uh, they're d- doing the food about two years later, Stephen was seized se- seized by the um, by the by the religious leaders. He was arrested, but what that allowed him to do it allowed him to give a testimony so like the next chapter in acts is is really about stephen he he was able to give his testimony of god's uh, of of the gospel to the to religious leaders however they didn't obviously they didn 't want to hear it, and so they took him out they took Stephen out. And stoned him to de- and stoned him to death. Um, and I love at the end of that chapter, um, they stoned as they are stoning, it says, the witness laid their coats at the feet of Saul, and Saul, who becomes Paul later, approved of their killing. So why is this important? Stephen went from Stephen went from using his gift of just waiting on tables, distributing food to being the catalyst to the spread of the gospel because at this point when Stephen was martyred, that's when the God, that's when the disciples and everybody were scattered across Judea and Samaria, so he was a catalyst to spread the gospel. You never know what your gift is going to do in God's in God's kingdom. The next chapter, next group person I want to talk about, we'll kind of fast forward about twenty years later, and we're going to talk about Paul. Um, Paul's writing a letter, um, and this is the same. You know, we just read that. You know, he just he was right there when when Stephen got murdered. Twenty years later. Um, he's writing a letter to the to the Church of Corinthians, and in the letter he's going to talk about a man called Stephanus. And what I know about what we know about S- Stephanus is that he was baptized um, by Paul uh, early on. He actually mentions it in the um, in the first part, in the first chapter of uh, of Stephanus. So we know he was he was a he was a Christian, and he was called. And I believe when, when he was baptized, when he, was, when he uh, converted over to Christianity and gave his life over to Christ, he was given that gift of diakonia. Um, and I think we see it manifested here uh, towards the end of First Corinthians chapter 16. So if we read that, you know that the household of Stephanas were the first, con- were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people, and to everyone who joins in the work and labor at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Acacius arrived, because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirits and yours also. Men, such men deserve recognition. In in this chapter, in verses seventeen and eighteen, I just want to highlight that 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 Paul is praising Stephanus. He's pra- praising him for the service that he provided him. Um, he, he's mentioning he's that first convert. He's that first convert in 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 Acacia, and he was refreshing Paul's spirit again. So, why is this why is this part of diaconia important? Um, it's because we've talked about this. When, you, when we give our life over to Christ, Christ gives you a gift. He gives, it, he, he gives that gift, and it manifests it, and we just have to use it. The d- gift of service was given to Stephanus at, at the beginning. Again, he was that first convert, um, and we got to see him. And Paul's mentioning it, the service, um, the service to the Lord's people. He, he devoted himself to the diakonia of the Lord's people. And the second thing is what, is what does this do? What's the outcome of, of this when we're supporting um, our, our, our faith? He attended to the needs of others. God puts people and he puts our service, uh, he puts our gifts to be able to stand in the gap of, of others. Um, uh, he talked about uh, supporting Stephanas. Stephanas, was supporting his ministry. Uh, he refreshed his spirits. Um, Paul was preaching the word, Paul was preaching his and working in his gifting, but he wasn't able to do, he wouldn't have been able to do his gifting if he didn't have the support of Stephanus and Stephanus' devotion um, to, to the diakonia, to the service. And now a couple years later, we're going to move over to the third, the third passage. And this is going to be in Second Corinthians. So this, is, so this is the second time um, Paul is, is writing to the Corinthians because, you know, the first letter, um, he was dealing with issues. And later on, you know, someone gives him, a, someone gives him an update and says, hey, they, they did some good things. So he writes another letter to him, And he's going to talk about the church of Macedonia and so he's actually addressing the church of, of, of Corinth um, in regards to their giving and how they're, you know, an example in regards to their giving. Um, and so if we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, um, verse, four, verse 4, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in riches, rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service, or diakonia, to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. And so in this context, in this passage, it, it's in the context of giving. However, what I want to highlight is the diversity of this word diakonia, the, 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 the broad meaning of, this, of the word service. And I wanted to point out the passion that this church had to be able to, part of the, to be part of that service. And that's that first point. This is a small church. The small church of Macedonia, they were, they were poor. Yet they didn't want to miss out on being part of Paul's service. They didn't want to miss out, and they counted a privilege. Um, they counted a privilege to be able to share in this service, and that inspired Paul. That inspired. He's using this to inspire the other church. They saw a need and wanted to be in it. Wanted to be part of it with whatever resource that they had available. And then, if I read, read further on in, in verse seven, I just want to count kind of talk about the outcome of this, you know, with this with the Church of Macedonia to Corinth. But he's ta- churches, um, Paul's talking to the church, verse 7, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnest, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. And so for the point that I think this is Paul's trying to make here and using the Macedonia church, to uh, be an example to the Corinth church was that they didn't want, Paul didn't want the Corinthian church to be stagnant. Okay? We don't want to be stagnant. Because if you re- look at that verse 7, he's talking about you're doing great in faith, which is a spiritual gift, in speech, with a spiritual gift, in, in, in um, knowledge, is a spiritual gift. So they're good at all these other things, but don't just rest on your laurels here. Don't just rest on what you're good at. Start working on the other things that you may not be so good at. And so that's an encouragement to others. He's using the the Macedonia church, another ministry that's going on, to encourage another uh, service, another ministry uh, in another church. And so as I conclude this this service, as we wrap up service, um, there's four points that I was trying to make in these in these three in these three passages, and and, and that represent that word diakonia. And the first one is going to be identifying. And completing a task. This is in regards to that Acts. Stephen, the early church, they identified a, a task. They met the task, and what was the outcome? There was a growth in their church. There was growth in, the, in God's in God's kingdom. And the second we talked about Stephanus, um, and what was his word in, in Diakonia? He was he was doing the need, attending the needs of others. And so, in the, and what did the outcome of that happen? That was, he encouraged, um, he encouraged Paul. He lifted up his spirits. Um, there's nothing, th- this is a powerful thing. When you have, you look at, just like Brooke and Steve, Pastor Brooke, Pastor Steven, um, Pastor um, Brent and Anna, um, when we come along to help those, individ- those pastors that are coming along and doing that ministry, that is stepping in the gap. That's refreshing their spirits. And Stephanus was doing that for um, Paul. And The third one we looked at was um, the Macedonia church. Um, they were enthusiastic. They wanted to be part of it. If you're if you're serving, if you're doing diakonia, if that's your spiritual gift, you're enthusiastic about it. And what is that? How does that work as a church? When we put that as a church hole? Um, you're ministering to other churches. You're ministering to other ministries. So it's not it's not just about homestead here. Um, I mean, I love our church, but at the end of the day. Not that big of a deal in the God's kingdom, right? We're excited when other churches, when other ministries are popping up around the things. We want to support that. We want to get behind that, and that's enthusiastic. So we want to be an enthusiastic church um, in regards to that. And the next one is is not to be stagnant. We're talking about that Corinth church um, that we want to work at other gifts that God's that God has given us. Um, so we can we cannot be stagnant in those areas. But in all these examples, in all these examples that I that we talked about. Um, they weren't the main effort. You know, the, the people that was, you know, Stephen, uh, Stephanus, Macedonia, the Corn those weren't the main efforts that were going on. Um, they, were, they weren't they were the preacher. They weren't the evangelist. They weren't the worship leader. They weren't the main thing. They were the supporting aspect. But they needed to know what their gifts were, and they needed to be exercised that gift so the main effort could be supported. Um and so how are we connecting the dots? How can we connect the dots today to see if some of the things that you're doing or that might be in your heart that God's speaking to you at, how is that, how is that service? How is that connecting the dots for, for us today? And so there might be some questions. So I've, up on the slide, I've got about five questions um, that might answer whether or not you, you might have the gift of service. First, do I enjoy being called upon to do special jobs around the church? I don't have many skills, but I do what is needed to be done. Others have mentioned that I seem to enjoy routine tasks and do them very well. I prefer being active and doing something rather than just sitting around uh, talking or reading or listening to a speaker. And I respond cheerfully to when I ask to do a job, even if it seems menial. And so for me, I think that to know whether or not this is a, a spiritual gift in your area, if this is something you may have that extra measure on, is how do I, you know, I may, I need to serve, I need to do some of these things, but uh, do I have the extra measure that comes with this? I would look at it as, do you have, what's your attitude? What's your attitude towards it? Are you enthusiastic about about doing these things? Um, can you do it consistently? Do you have longevity? Is God giving you the strength um, to continually serve and continually serve? Um some other ways that we look at this, we, we, we use the word, I think Megan even used it today um, in our announcements. We use the word volunteer around here a lot, and I, and I struggle with that word because when, you, when we, we're always looking for volunteers, volunteer for this, volunteer for that, but I want to connect this dot right now. I don't know have a different word to it, but when you're volunteering, you're serving God's kingdom. Um, we're not just looking for, for manual labor to do something. We're looking for, you know, this is serving God's kingdom, um, and I want to connect that dot um, specifically, because I, I always wish we'd use different words than volunteers, but um, I don't know what that would be, what that would look like. But I just want to make sure when, you, when we're coming to volunteer to reach out to the community, you, we're actually serving God's kingdom. I look at it as if you're in Big Top Kids, if you're in Littles, um, if you're supporting the youth, if you're coming along and being a youth leader, uh, if you're ushering, greeting, you work in the cafe, you're doing a meal train, uh, you're on the worship team. Those are all serving, as serving things. You're working in a gift. Um, again, just trying to connect the dots. Um, and it doesn't have to be here at Homestead. You know, you could be doing something in your own community, um, at your workplace, or whatever, wherever you see a need that is met. That could help identify whether or not this is something that you're gifted in. Um, here's another one. If you're enthusiastic, if you're sitting there, if you're rearranging your calendar and, and rearranging your calendar so you can support your kids' events, or a, going to a work event, or going to a, a community event, um, that, might, that might mean this is your gift, and so I'd ask, how are you doing that um, to advance God God's kingdom? Um, and since since Pastor Jeff's not here today, I might share a little story where I think uh, where where this happened in my life. Um, maybe to give you a little bit more of a heart uh, on my heart on on what serving looks looks to me. Um, so we had due days a few last month, a few weeks ago, or whatever, and I was just out here minding my own business. The whole place was. Uh, people everywhere out on the corners and I just love people I just love being in the community I just just love listening so I'm standing on the corner across the street from here minding my own business just watching watching all the people because people watching is fun if you've never done that you should do it I encourage that but I was just listening behind me um, right across the street behind me I just heard this do you got a light no do you got a light no do you got a light? No. And so I hear these things in the back of my head, and I finally I, I, I turn around. And I see there's two gentlemen sitting there, um, and must be pe- asking people for lights. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a need. So I walk across the street, come into the church. Pastor Christie, Megan, and some others are sitting in the corner. I just zip through right in the middle of their thing. I go to the counter. I grab a lighter. I come running back out to the thing, and I walk up to the guys. I said, I hear you need a light. And they're like, yes, man, somebody actually gives, I mean, cares ab- about me. And I said, yeah. I, so I lit a cigarette. And I said, hey, I'm i am Pastor Jeff. I'm one of the pastors across the street at Homestead Church. Um, we just love being part of the community. Hope you would love to, if you ever want to come on over and check us out or just see us, you need anything, just let us know. Um, and just enjoy the rest of your day at due days. Didn't do anything, and then then I left. But that heart, that need, you know. I don't know. Was it was it a real need? Was it a God's kingdom need? No, but that's that heart of just seeing what people need and trying to meet whatever whatever that need may be, and um, that kind of helps me transition to this, uh, to this next thing of hospitality, um, because this was a stranger. I didn't know who he was. I just it was a stranger, and I went up to him and I and I met his need. But in the word hospitality, um, there's going to be about working with strangers, and so we're going to set this up. In First Peter, um, where I get where we get this word of hospitality coming out, but First Peter uh, chapter four, um, the background on this is Peter's giving some guidance on how to live for God. Uh, he's saying that we, use, when you became a Christian, you're a new person. Um, you're the old was gone. You need to you need to be something else. You used to live this way. Now we need to start living uh, for Christ and, and and focus on His kingdom. And First Peter four through eight um, hits this. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so the word hospitality here, again, the Greek word here, the hospitality, it's to warmly welcome people, even, even strangers, into one's home or church. Uh, it means serving those in need of food or lodging. Um, and the Greek word is phyloxenos. Um, the two words phylos meaning love, xenos meaning strangers. So when you combine those two words together, it's the love of strangers. And this is what hospitality is. It's loving the strangers. It's, it's, it's meeting those, those needs. Um, and Peter sets this verse up with uh, starting off with love covers a multitude of sins. And that point that I want to make on here is, is you if you have hospitality, if this is your gift, you're recog- you recognize, um, and you meet, love to meet new people. Um, you see someone new, and you're you're fired up to go talk to them. You want to know them. You want to generally know who they are. You want to you want to you want to meet them. You want to know who they are. Um, and the second thing um, is doing it without grumbling. Um, and this is kind of a weird. This is kind of a weird thing because sometimes um, you're not grumbling to meet people. You're not grumbling to meet strangers. So this is saying, you know what, I like people um, because I want to, not having to like people because you have to. Um, Yeah, so, you know, sometimes pastors have to like people. I just love everybody, and I just want to talk to you. Uh, Pastor Megan Megan may not so much, but that'll be good. Um, So... In this church setting, again, in this church setting, we get excited to see people that you don't recognize. You might be up here, and when we get up and we talk about, hey, turn around and greet someone else. If you're that person that likes, oh, man, I know who you are, when you turn around, or when you turn around, it's like, oh, my goodness, there's a new person. I I haven't met you before. Can I meet you? Um, There's a couple people over here, Lonnie and Rebecca Sauber. You are definitely stranger-meeting people that love it, so... um, but this is me. Another kind of where I fall into this, and, and I know um, that I that this has happened to many of you in this room. And so here's my here's here's my definition of how I'm not a rude person. You may think I'm rude. You may go home after church and say, "Man, that colonel's, man, he's rude." Um, so even last week, I was talking to someone. I was having a conversation. Someone goes to our church. I'm. I mean, I'm. We're having a great conversation. We're engaged. We're doing the thing. Um, and then out of the and he's telling me a story. And then out of the corner of my eye. I saw something movement, and my, my brain recognized, you don't know who that person is. You've never met this person. That might be someone you've never met before. Who knows if they've been to this church, but you haven't met them and talked to them. That was going through the mind. And I immediately went to the person and said, hey, I got to go. There's somebody new I haven't met. And I just, in the middle of our conversation, turned and left. And you might be sitting there going, man, that's rude. And so I just want you to know that's my heart. That's where I am talking to people. And so if that ever happens to you, and we're having that conversation, and I just break away because I want to go see somebody else, don't take that personal. It ain't you. I'm just working in God's spirit. I'm just working in God's gift that he's given to me. And you just say, you can support me on that. So say, you go. Um, matter of fact, just as we came up today, it's, it's, it's um, I, I was talking to a person in the, in the lobby today, and it, like it's 930, and he go say, hey, aren't you preaching today? Shouldn't you be upstairs? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm talking to people. Well, how else I how else am I supposed to do it? Um, and so anyway, so I feel like this this right here, this hospitality is is the secret sauce in homestead. Um, I've had conversations with individuals I've uh, here in the church. I said, what, why why do you like homestead? Why do you come here? What are what are the things things that are drawn to you? And and overwhelmingly, there's a genuine feeling of belonging. There's a general feeling that people are seen and known here. And I don't think that's just individual. I think that's our that's our church, church as a whole. I believe this church has a, has a Xenos attitude. We have a love of strangers um, attitude, I believe, in, in this church. And so what does, it, what does that look like here? What are some questions that we can ask maybe to connect the dots to see if hospitality is something in your world? <clears throat> this might be your gift. And so first, my home is always open to people passing through who need a place to stay. I enjoy taking charge of church suppers or social events. When people come to our home, they indicate that they feel at home with us. Others have mentioned <clears throat> to me that I'm a very hospitable person, or I have a desire to make my home available to those in the Lord's service whenever, whenever possible. Okay, but here at Homestead, I um, I know we have families here at Homestead that have opened up their homes to foster care. We have overseers in, in, in orphanages of Kasha Sloan. We have people who have opened their homes uh, to people who are trying to get back on their feet again. Um, we have people who are feeding the community. Uh, Homestead reaches out to reaches out to the community in a lot of events, and there's people that are coming to support those things. And so service and hospitality, as I conclude these two things, service and hospitality are... are are very complementary to each other. They're different, but they're complementary, um, and they're both in there to build God's kingdom and to encourage others. And so, the reality, the reality is, God's church is going to grow. God's church is going to grow. Um, but we, as, as Holmes said here as individuals, we want to be part of that. We want to be like that Macedonia church that 's excited that wants to be part of the growth, wanted, wants to be part of the service that counted as a privilege um, to serve uh, serve our community and serve the people around us um, but here the, 's the deal this is going to be a math problem this is going to be a math problem with these two with, with these two gifts. Um, the more we are a Philo church, the more we are a hospitable church. That means more people may become the more strangers may be coming in. So if we have a, if we're a philo Zeno church, a hospitable church, we're going to need more people that have that gifting of diakonia, that gifting of service to help serve those in, serve those individuals. So again, it's just a math problem. Um, and so I want to I have a few pictures that I want to just talk about this that may il- illustrate this about about people about the numbers of people that may be coming <clears throat> and the, the requirements to be able to help serve and meet those needs of others and just looking if if that is your gift. So this first picture up here is is our vacation Bible school and I just want to talk about about the youth. And this was an amazing event. This is our first time doing this. And this this picture represents uh, all the youth um, that are coming in, and I also want you to know most of those kids in there don 't come to our church they 're not part of this church so what 's that going to look like in the fall um, what 's that going to look like? Uh, what seeds are God is God planting in those in those kids? The red shirts that you see up there those are all the, those are all the volunteers those are all the people that are serving uh, in that youth department to reaching and doing the ministry to reach those kids again, look at the number of that. This next one is the youth. During due days, we ha- we hosted a, a youth block party out in the front. And this picture does not do not do it justice. It, it was a picture early on. But later on, this that that intersection out there was jam-packed with kids. Um, and I just want you to focus the, the red shirts on there. There's only, re- well, there's two, there's few in the back, but there's really only one red shirt out there um, helping. So we could probably use some more service. But I don't think Pastor Jeff is, is gonna give up uh, teaching people how to do the macarena, but if that is a gifting in you, that's ministry. You're serving the kids. You can come up here and help teach kids the macarena. Um, that would be great. But again, these these aren't our not, not all these are our youth kids that are that are that are up there. So how are we going to be able to serve and meet their needs? And this next one, we just did a backpack uh, back to school uh, event here out in the lot. And this again, picture on early. Um, early on in the event, but this place was packed. Um, we gave out a lot of backpacks. We distributed um, charities. That's that diakonia. Who who's going to be t- distributing those? Who's a service um, helping these needs? And so my picture that I, again, wanted to draw with these is, is this is a church that, that, that loves people, um, loves strangers, and that we want to be able to serve and meet those needs. So as we wrap up, as I pray today, if you bow your heads and we'll close this out in prayer. God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to God to come and serve you. I thank you for this opportunity um, as a church to count it as a privilege to be part of your kingdom, to be part of your service. God, and I just ask um, you to open up our hearts and our minds and our eyes, Lord, to help us connect the dots, Lord. If there's a, if there's a gift that you've given us, um, help us hear it, help us see it, what, what, what it is. Help us execute and, and work in that gift, God, I praise you and I thank you for this opportunity. God, you are the God of our uh, of of all of us, and we just thank you for what you have to do. Bless us in Jesus' name, Amen. That's it. Sorry, <laughs> no, you don't have to clap. You don't have to. I know it's a big, it's a it's a thing when I got up here and you got to clap, but no, you don't have to clap. So.